different headset. Uh, talk do I sound good? Do I sound good? Do I sound good? How do I sound Shut good? Up and sit down. Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. We are recording on Monday morning. It is August 7th. I'm your host, Jared Mintz, and joining me on this lovely Monday morning is my partner in crime, Joseph Nardone. Joe, how was your weekend? It was good. No complaints. Uh, pretty solid weekend. Um, I actually can't remember anything I did. Oh, I started The Leftovers. Yes. I did. Wait, wait, wait. wait. How'd you get an HBO Go? Oh, long story short, we were going to leave the current dish provider we have, and we threatened, and then when we went to go cancel it to go to another one, they offered us a bunch of stuff, and one of the things they offered was HBO, so I started The Leftovers, I am already a season, and one season, a whole season in, and then the first episode of season two. What do you think, what do you think so far? Um, well, I'll tell you, the first episode of season two, I was confused for 40 minutes, I'm like, did they dump the whole cast? Um, right. but, uh, it's good, it's not, like, I'm already, I'm already, Pot, I'm already pot invested because it's only three seasons long. I didn't think it was like the greatest thing in the world um, because I wasn't really sure. Like I was in the first season, is this and this, the first episode? It was very um, sheriff. I can't, I'm already forgetting his name. Related, and then like it, it seemed like every other episode after that, it was just like all right, one episode will be on Nora Durst, and the next episode will be on Tom, and the next episode will be on Kevin, the next episode will be on this person. And then I was very, very confused. But I do like how like nobody's actually like just like a straight up good person. They're all kind of evil. It seems like. Yeah, there, there's that going. They do kind of focus on everybody and kind of go around, <laughs> and you get that a bunch of an episode of this person and an episode of that person, as opposed to you know these shows that just follow ninety five thousand different storylines in one episode. Uh, so I kind of like that they do that. I'll also tell you that this season is really where the show finds its voice. So. If you weren't convinced by season one, I understand. I wasn't totally convinced by season one. Then you start watching season two, and it's just like, oh my god, this show. So well, hang in there. It's going to well, get a lot better. Well, the funny thing is, like, I was thinking if you were to tell me that today when I told you that I started watching Leftovers, that, like, yeah, so, like, give season two a chance, then you'll really like it. Then, of course, I have to stick to it, because then there's only eight more episodes after. Right, right. Yeah, you, <laughs> then you have to stick with it. But I'm, I'm being honest. I mean, if you don't even like this season, like, don't watch the rest, but there's no way you're not going to like it. By the way, I, I rewatched the first season of True Detective, which I loved the very first time I saw it through. No, the second time I watched it through, um, it's still good, but I was not as happy with it. What What was less good about it? Um, I think I overanalyzed Matthew McConaughey's performance this time around. I think a lot of us probably did. I think it's the type of thing that the show came out and it felt so new and different, and it's like, oh my god, Matthew McConaughey's doing this short series, and you were just kind of blown away by it, and there were some twists. It, maybe it just wasn't that good. Well, here's the thing, like, right? So, like, now we all think, oh, Matthew McConaughey's a good actor, da da da. At the time, he. Nobody considered him that. He was just like rom-com Matthew McConaughey. And I love Woody Harrelson as much as the next guy. So, like, you know, I won't, I'll watch anything pretty much he's in. It's just, after rewatching it, it felt like, you know, the they really forced keeping us from knowing who the bad guy was until the second to last episode. And if you think about it, it's supposed to be like that big twist at the end, and you're like, well, it's not a twist. You just didn't introduce the bad guy to the second last episode. Right. Yeah, I shared that sentiment in real time. Actually, I don't know if I agree with your Matthew McConaughey assessment. I feel like that show was following up uh, Dallas Buyers Club, which was when he really became this 
prestigious actor. No, um, I'm. I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive that Dallas Buyers Club came out two thousand thirteen. Right. Uh, True Detective season one came out in two thousand fifteen or fourteen. Yeah, I think fourteen. Well, it, it yeah it debuted in two thousand fourteen. So yeah, maybe maybe you're right. I just remember not thinking of him as a a high quality actor, and uh, I know this could. It's just a, it's a whole perception thing. I we I told you before on the air about Dear Dalton dying, and I I think we had this conversation before. Like your perception of the way things worked, I was convinced as a kid that Darren Dalton or uh, Tom Berenson's character and Major League was based off Darren Dalton. And I didn't know which one came, what happened first, Darren Dalton or or Major League. Right. No, I I don't know either. R.I.P. Darren Dalton. R.I.P. Major League. That, nin- Major League that '93 Phillies team was the best. I bet you feel that way. I understand you feeling that way. Shout out to the Blue Jays as well. The, no, not shout out, not a shout out to the Blue Jays. No, that was. Listen, man. I remember sitting on the couch watching the game with my father and Joe Carter and my mother and my sisters, whoever else was around, and Joe Carter hitting that home run. And I was also like, because I'm also like nine or ten at the time, so I just assumed that when Joe Carter was like the greatest baseball player ever. It's just funny how your mind works when you're a kid. Because Joe Carter hit hit all like series-ending, championship-clinching, walk-off home run, you know? Yeah, it was huge. It was huge. It is funny how that works. True Detective, overrated. Didn't think we were going to get that take today, but I'm here for I'm it. I'm not saying it's overrated. I mean, it's first time through, I love it. Second time through, I'm like, yeah. And then i never seen seen season two, but I heard it's not even worth my time. So now, no, it's not. I mean, if you <laughs> like to watch bad TV, it's worth your time, because it was bad. It was, it was like, real bad. Like, awful. Who's in it? It's Vince Vaughn and somebody else? Uh, Colin Farrell's in it too. I like both those guys. Yeah, I mean they're they're solid. They they really uh, they do some acting. Do you watch Fresh Off the Boat? I have not. What's that? It's a it's a sitcom about an Asian family on ABC. It's like they have Modern Family, Blackish, and Fresh Off the Boat. No, I've, I've never. Who's in it? Anybody? Semi. No, but uh, Randall Park is in it. He plays the lead. He plays the dad. Nobody else of of note is really in it. It's not about that. There's. Mm. The, Colin Farrell's son in True Detective plays, like, a, a role-player character on that show. He's, like, one of the kid's friends. So, anyway, we I just spent 30 seconds talking about that, and it has no relevance. <laughs> Joe, what's the over-under on when you're going to start watching Game of Thrones now that you have HBO? Uh, well, i got to finish the leftovers season two and three. So, it was easy to do the last couple of days. It won't be so easy this week. So, we're probably, we're still a solid, like, couple of weeks away from that. And I don't know if that's what I'm going to watch next. I might try Westworld next instead of Game of Thrones. Not a bad idea. I mean, with Westworld, I think you only have one season. Game of Thrones, you know, obviously you have a bunch. Do you have, you're going to watch it, though? It's not a matter of, of if, it's a matter of when. I don't know. Here's the struggle I have, right? Like, I want to give it a shot, but, like, the hype around it and my Twitter loves it so much that, like, I feel like I'm going to go in with so, such high expectations, I'm going to dislike it no matter what. That's fair. I can understand. Uh, I want to feel that way, too, but I find myself wanting to give in now more than ever. I, it's only a matter of time. So, like, my wife is so, so into it. She watches it pretty much with me in the room with her, just keeping headphones on whenever it's on, so I don't catch these spoilers that Twitter is constantly talking about. I feel like I know everything that's happening in that show without watching an episode, so I'm a little tempted to watch it. I'm a little tempted to say, you know what, I probably don't even need to watch it probably know everything that happened it was like the wire for me i hadn't watched an episode of the wire and i already knew at least five to ten characters that had died or what their storyline was going to wind up being and uh yeah it's tough to 
it's tough to watch shows that you haven't watched before in the Twitter era without knowing anything about them. Well, yeah, that's a big thing. I told a story before where I was trying to watch Sons of Anarchy, which I never watched recently, and I was whatever episodes in, and then like a neighbor accidentally told me about a death that happened, and I'm like, oh, okay, like you know, well, that's not too bad. And then like later, uh, another neighbor told me the season finale for some reason. So wow. yeah, Joe's neighbors are the worst. Who was the death? Was it Opie that you found out about? Uh, Opie was the death, and, and I never even watched. I, I watched five episodes of Sons of Anarchy. Well, and then the, and then the season finale was uh, basically I was told that like everybody dies, and at the end, the I, spoiler. Uh, nobody warned me about the spoiler, but spoiler. Um, the main character rides himself into a truck. Interesting. Intentionally? Yeah, because that's what his father did, I guess. And he was on the run, and he ended up killing his mom at some point, who was evil. Wow. Uh, yeah. And I was like, well, this sounds like a great show. Too bad I didn't get to watch it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I can't. I go watch shows, like, series, like, a second time. Like, I watched the 4500 two or three times, lost two or three times. Like, I, I don't mind knowing what happened, but the first time through, I wanted, like, a clean slate. That's my big worry with Game of Thrones. It's not that, like, I know John, something Jon Snow dies like 900 times or something, right? I know something about Jon Snow, but it's just the expectations are just so high. I just, I hate going in with, like, I feel like I'm going with judgmental eyes, and I just hate that. Because I don't want to be that guy on Twitter, even, like, Game of Thrones overrated. Right, and you didn't get a chance to rate it properly. Right, that's the thing. Like, you know, if there's not just TV or, like, in movies as well, like, if you go in without expectation or low expectation, you could leave it and be like, oh, okay, that was good or that was bad. Like, it's just a normal experience. If you go in there with, like, everybody says this is the greatest thing ever. Like, the only time the uh, the greatest thing ever has ever lived up to ability is when you told me about Breaking Bad. Every other time I've been disappointed because I went with such high expectations. For sure. You you have not watched The Wire, right? No, still haven't watched The Wire. Even knowing a lot of what happens in that, it will still over... It'll, it'll exceed your expectations. It's that good of a show. I feel like Game of Thrones is, too. There's just so much detail in it and so many characters that I'm pretty excited to start watching it myself. My plan is to wait for this, this season, or I guess they're doing a half season right now. I'm waiting for this half season to be over, and then I'll get caught up in time for the last half season. So that that's what I got going for me. I hope you join me in it, too. I mean, I'll try. I can't. No promises. Because I only have HBO for free for six months, so I won't even get to season eight or whatever the next season is, unless I re-up on HBO. All right. Well, once again, my HBO Go is is on the table <laughs> if you would like it, but enjoy having HBO while you do. This is exciting. It, it feels it, like we have all these new things we can talk about. I know, right? Well, I don't want to spoil the leftovers either, because I, I feel like I spoiled some of the anarchy for people. Like, I complained about that for people that never saw it, even though I just spoiled it for them. And the leftovers... Sure did. That's my big fear, is, like, I hate things being spoiled on me. I don't mind people talking about it on Twitter, because, like, like, what are you supposed to say? Don't talk about stuff. But, like, if you're, like, a regular listener of the Speaking Podcast, you probably didn't think we were going to talk about story arcs to start this podcast today. And I might yeah, you, just probably didn't th- you probably didn't think we were going to reveal the end of Sons of Anarchy, <laughs> yes. which ended two or three years ago. You probably weren't ready for that today, so we apologize. And I try to do the spoiler, and usually you forget because you're in the moment. But yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic so far about The Leftovers. I don't think it's a bad show. Um, like I said, I'm only one episode of season two. I, I want to see what other characters come back from season one. Um, I really like Dean in season one, so I hope he comes back in season two. He's the guy that shoots the dogs. 
Dean makes appearances. Dean is a running character. I won't say anything more. I look forward to having this conversation when you get done with season two. Yeah, season two. It has a, right. it has like a man. Like I can't like it's not science fictiony at all for a show that's based off of people vanishing. Right? No, it's not. It's not science fictiony. Uh, I like that. You like it. You like it a lot. Like it a lot. All right, Joe. I guess we should talk about sports for some segment of today's show. Do a little half sports, half nonsense. It really, it's like the lightest time in, in the world for sports. I asked Joe if he wanted to talk about Chris Paul and James Harden not being happy with each other <laughs> in the Drew League game. And even with that, I mean, like, Chris Paul was like, he did like the DeAndre Jordan thing to him where he got in DeAndre's face and was like, put up the layup, put up the fucking layup, just put up the ball. And DeAndre was like, what are you talking about? What's the matter? Like, I don't remember Chris Paul screaming at him. And he was starting to get in James Harden's face, and Harden kind of just put his arms around him and was like, dude, it's all good. Leave me alone. It's going to be fine. It's, it's a Drew game. It doesn't matter. Joe didn't want to talk about that because it's nonsense, which it is. It's just all sports nonsense going on in the world right now. And I guess the best way to to encapsulate that is by talking about Jay Cutler signing with the Miami Dolphins. Jay Cutler, who really, to nobody's surprise, retired at the end of last season. I mean, I guess it's a little surprising. He's only 34 years old. Maybe the guy could have played more, but he hasn't been good in a really long time. I mean, he threw 28 touchdowns in 2014 for a 5-10 and team that wasn't very good in the games that he played. And, I mean, the Bears have just been a wreck for a while. He left that situation. Joe, do you see it getting any better for him in Miami, being reunited with Adam Gase? Uh, no, man. He's coming off, like, a big injury, and he's, what, 35, 36. Like, he is who he is. I know he's had his best season ever under Adam Gase. But uh, I'm not banking on 2017 Jay Cutler to save the day at the Miami Dolphins, who, by the way, have the second-hardest schedule in the NFL and also play in the same division as the Patriots. So, yeah, give him $10 million to go there and win six games. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we should really be outraged that, like, that Jay Cutler got this job over Colin Kaepernick. I mean, Colin Kaepernick's been better recently. Colin Kaepernick played in the Super Bowl within the last five years. Like, this might have been a good landing spot for him. I mean, it does make sense to reunite Jay Cutler with Adam Gase, though. At least these are two guys that have familiarity with each other. At the same time, I don't know that Jay Cutler brings anything different to the table than Matt Moore would have bring especially for $10 million a year. But again, I don't like to count athletes' money. This isn't my place to do that. I just, you look at a Dolphins team that had playoff aspirations for the first time in a while, has all these good young receivers, and then you're going to bring in Jay Cutler, who, you know, led the NFL in interceptions a few years ago. And Joe, as you mentioned, just he hasn't been good in a really, really long time. Yeah. um, The thing with the Kaepernick stuff will be part of the story, I guess, this week. And... People that want to explain it away will just say, like, hey, like, you know, Gates and Cutler have a relationship. There'll always be a reason to say, like, why Kaepernick doesn't have a job. Um, there could be more truth than this because the whole uh, Castro t-shirt thing and that being in Miami and all that stuff. I'm more interested, I think, in him getting $10 million a year. Like, uh, <laughs> you're basically getting Jay Cutler off the street to replace Ryan Tannehill got hurt. Um, Matt Moore was okay enough to be your backup. And now that your starter got hurt, you're going to give Jay Cutler a very, very flawed quarterback, ten million dollars to be Jay Cutler. I just, right. I, mean, I don't know how that works. Like they weren't bidding against anybody. I know, like the reports where Jay Cutler wanted starter money, but uh, like five million couldn't work. Like why was ten million the number? And then like why is Jay Cutler so important that you're going to give him ten million when you could have got other quarterbacks 
who are just as awful for less. Yeah, it's it's just kind of weird feeling again with Jay Cutler being Jay Cutler. I mean, I think it's only five million guaranteed and up to ten or a little more than ten after incentives. I I'm not totally sure how it works. Just it it does feel weird that this came out of nowhere seemingly i mean sure the ryan Tannehill injury came out of nowhere and i guess if you were to just go to the depth charts of available quarterbacks and i i mean i guess jay cutler's amongst the top two or three guys there so it's not it's just it's not crazy it just feels weird it feels weird that kaepernick probably could have been more of a game changer for this team uh but i mean what are you gonna do it doesn't look like colin kaepernick's gonna get signed to an nfl team we discussed this on Friday. You know, I wonder how many injuries it's going to take for this guy to see the light of day. If if he does, and it doesn't seem like he will, it doesn't seem like teams will sign him. Even if you know their options are, are Jay Cutler, it, it doesn't seem like a team is going to want to come out and take the risk of signing a guy who protested the way Colin Kaepernick did. Um, I think we touched on this last week a little bit, like how many starting quarterbacks would have to get hurt before it be Colin Kaepernick. I think we're down like one or two. If it's like a team that thinks they could contend for the playoffs, like if you if you're a crappy team that's already too cowardice to sign Kaepernick as backup, you don't care if your starter gets hurt. You're just gonna let your crappy backup run and, and also suck. You know what I mean? But like if you're a team that feels like you have playoff chances or NFC or AFC conference championship chances, and your starting quarterback goes down and your backup quarterback is a disaster, then yeah, you might kick the you would kick. Right. I, I would assume you'd kick the tires on Colin Kaepernick. It's just going to be really wild if he doesn't play in the NFL this year. Like, really, really wild. Considering, like, I know the Niners stunk last year, and he didn't have, like, an all-pro season, but he had, like, a good year. You know what I mean? So, like, it's just, yeah. And he's young, and he has a big arm. Like, he's all the things that give quarterbacks 9,000 chances, and he's coming off a good year. So, I don't know. Like, for the sake of the league, the NFL, Roger Goodell, should be rooting for him to get signed. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. And, I mean, statistically speaking, he had a very good year playing on the team with nothing. He was throwing the ball to Jeremy Curley and uh, Vance McDonald. Don't like you dare slander, slander Vance McDonald, whoever I, he I'm is. I'm a big Vance McDonald guy. <laughs> I don't know I'm a is. big Vance McDonald guy. He was a tight end. And he just made big play after big play and no other plays in between. I, I, I don't really have anything else left to say about Kaepernick or Jay Cutler. Just every time a quarterback gets signed, we're going to have to bring up Kaepernick because he should be on an NFL roster, and there's no way around it. There just isn't. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like, there's 30 teams or what it was, 30 NFL teams or 30? 32 NFL 32, teams. and then each carries at least two quarterbacks, so he's apparently the 65th best quarterback in the world. Apparently, something like that, if not worse. I, I don't think that math worked. Why not? Each team gets three, there's 32. No, not, I said each team carries at least two, because not, team, not every team carries three. All right, Joe. Only, so, yeah, in, John Madden, only in John Madden football does every team have three quarterbacks. He's at best, I guess, the 65th quarterback, if that's where we're going with this. Joe, I'm going to fight just, you over this. <laughs> we just touched on the when Jay is, Cutler. When does Madden come out? I, it might be out already. I don't know. Somebody add us at uh, whatever our show podcast Twitter handle is. <laughs> come out. does not exist. <laughs> anyway, good. thanks for that, Joe. I actually considered over the weekend getting a PlayStation 4. You should. I have a PlayStation 4. You could get Friday the 13th game and we could kill Jason together. That doesn't sound like fun at all. I mean, it doesn't sound mean? that terrible, but it doesn't sound like a reason I would do that. Uh, before I lose my chance to, to segue here, <laughs> speaking of the Jay Color adam Gase reunion, we have another reunion in sports. The New York Knicks and Chris Porzingis are apparently on good terms again. 
uh, in preparation for the NBA Africa game this weekend. Chris Porzingis spoke with NBA.com and said he still loves playing in New York, that he's on speaking terms with the Knicks. He hopes to play his entire career in New York. Joe, what are your thoughts upon seeing this Chris Tapps news? Well, here's the thing. They're on speaking terms. They're in a good spot. Here's, they're still together. Like, when you break up from a... Like, when you're with a girlfriend, you guys might be fighting and stuff, but you're still on speaking terms, and you're going to tell friends that you still get along. But the moment you guys break up, you're going to tell the horror stories. So this is the right thing to say. Um, I don't necessarily know if it's, like, the truth, but here's the thing with Chris Tapps, right? Like, he's a weird cat where he kind of spoken his mind since he's, we found out about him. And, uh, so I believe him when he says it, it's just any other person, any other time I'd be like, eh, you, you just have to say that. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's been a off season of not speaking about one another, especially not in a positive way. Uh, of all people, Mendowskis Kuzminskis came out the other day and yeah, said naturally. things are fine. <laughs> things are fine with the Knicks and that, that Chris Tapps is happy to be a Nick and that the beef is over and that they've been speaking. Look, it's just it's good news for the Knicks and it makes the offseason a lot less terrible feeling. It hasn't been a great offseason in New York. I mean, I guess letting Phil Jackson go is kind of, kind of a good thing and a step in the right direction. And then less than a week later, I mean, you're overpaying for Tim Hardaway by a ton of money. Thinking that Chris Tapps Porzingis won't really be in the fold moving forward kind of made that signing terrible, but now that Porzingis is there and happy, and maybe he, he feels good that the team's finally going to trade Carmelo Anthony, and he'll really be the centerpiece of the offense. I mean, they haven't traded Melo yet, so I don't know that there's really reason to believe they're going to, besides they keep saying they're going to. I mean, we'll, we'll see if it eventually happens. It's just, it makes things feel better that Porzingis is back in tow. Maybe he's happy that Derrick Rose is officially out of the picture, that they signed Ramon Sessions to, I mean, I don't know if he's, even an upgrade at all at the point guard position for him. I, he should be able to move the ball better than Rose did, considering he didn't at all. Either way, a, a happy Chris S. Porzingis makes a happy Knicks fan base, and I, I'm one of those happy people. No, I'm happy that you're happy. I'm happy that Chris Tops is happy. I'm happy that everybody's happy in New York Man. It still doesn't change the fact when the season starts, you're only going to win 32 games. But, I mean, that's I'm the kidding. goal here. I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. no, no, that's the goal here, though. The goal is to lose and to get a good draft pick and to really start putting the other good but young players around Porzingis. And I think here's the thing. Now that, you know, Chris Epps is happy and you look at the roster and you have Milikino, who could be a player, and you have, you know, Tim Hardaway, who's younger and is, is a scorer and isn't a guy who if you're going to run the offense through. He's just going to be a guy that stands on the wing begging for Chris Epps to pass him the ball. I mean... This just this could be a better situation for a team that is supposed to be young, is supposed to be bad, and is supposed to be developing instead of a team that's had playoff expectations for the last three years and has failed to crack you know thirty wins. No, it totally makes sense. And I don't know if, how much you've been following the next two draft classes. I started to follow them maybe a month and a half ago. Um, they're crazy great, and we're talking like we have a bunch of kids like six nine to seven foot that are all super skilled, like a bunch, not just like one per class. Um, all those unicorns, everybody keeps talking about, they're, they're coming. Michael Porter Jr., R.J. Barrett, uh, Marvin Bagley, they're, they're all coming. And it's really scary and fun. It is, and I mean, you say Michael Porter Jr., and that's kind of the goal is to get a guy like that to pair with Chris S. Porzingis, but still, it's just, it's more feasible now that the team is accepting a rebuild and that they want to make Porzingis happy and that they're getting him shooters and other players to help get him the ball. It, it, it looks like things are moving in a better direction, and it wouldn't be possible without the buy-in of Porzingis, and it looks like they finally have it. So 
That's a win, I suppose. Aww, I feel so happy for you, Nerd Nick fans. You guys, so there's, there's no celebration. You guys there's so no rarely get a win. Well, the thing is, like, right. you don't want Kristaps to be mad because he's like, listen, like, he's probably gonna, he has the potential to be a super duper star, right? So, like, he, you, you don't want him to be upset. So, this is a win for you. Like, you haven't had an actual win. Like, I know there's people that, like, last year that thought Derrick Rose and Noah was gonna make a super team. Those people are dopes. But, uh, I'm not like an actual win. And like, even though like this is, I'm making fun of it because Kristaps says he's happy. This is an actual win because now you don't have to deal with the whole for a couple of years. Is Kristaps going to leave? Do we need to trade Kristaps because he's unhappy? Now you're just like, okay, let's build around Kristaps. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that, that's been the goal since they drafted him. And there's always been this fear of, well, it's the Knicks. They could nix this thing and they're going to lose him after four years. And it's like, they finally got a chance at a franchise player, which, it's, it's just such a unique stance for the Knicks. They have not had this. Even trading for Carmelo Anthony, they had to give up so much to get him mm-hmm. that they just were never in a place to build around him. And you get Porzingis, and look, Phil Jackson did everything he could to not build around him. I mean, he gives <laughs> Joe Noah this terrible contract, and just Derrick Rose, and there wasn't anything, besides not trading draft picks, it just didn't look like Phil wanted or had any desire to bring Porzingis along the way. You know, teams typically bring along these young friends cornerstone players and obviously it was wearing on Porzingis he was frustrated and now you know maybe there's a little bit of different buy-in it's really hard to trust the Knicks front office and even if it's a different front office now than it was last year there's still so many James Dolan guys and James Dolan's there and it's hard to it's hard to be confident in a front office that's led by such terrible ownership and I don't care what you say great the guy spends his money the Knicks haven't been good in 20 years if you haven't been good in 20 years your owner probably isn't a great owner that's all I can say it just now, finally, it looks like the Knicks are going to rebuild, and that's probably what Porzingis wanted the, the whole time, to feel like he's the centerpiece, that the team is going to put guys around him, and that they're going to prioritize him, and here we are, looking like those things are happening. Man, you just went all over the place to bash the Knicks. They haven't been good. I don't know what else to tell hey, you, what Joe. Do you, what do you th- well, before we transfer, we had a comment last week in our comment section that says we sound like we're underwater when we talk. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's feasible that we might sometimes. I don't know what to tell you. I think uh, it's probably you, not me, actually, to be completely honest. Well, I just mumble. It has nothing to do with the quality of the equipment I use. I just like crappy talker. Open your mouth and speak clearly. Whoa, you're not the first person to tell me to open my mouth. Joe, let's do some absurd questions. That's hard questions. You want to go first? This sure, time? I'll go first. Would you rather fight a clown or a mime who has brass knuckles? I feel like every single time you ask me an absurd question, it's about fighting something. Uh, I don't want to get hit by brass knuckles, so I guess I'll take uh, the clown. Why? What's the What's the benefit of fighting a mine instead? Before you add brass knuckles to the to the fold, people generally just hate mines, so I had to give them like a weapon. So it wasn't so like, oh, I hate mines, so just let me fight the mine. Do you know what I mean? Um, people hate mimes more than clowns. I don't know, man. Like, I, I I didn't really put, like, I didn't do data to this question. I just, my thought was, like, yeah, people really hate mimes. So let me give him brass knuckles. Um, I don't think everybody hate clowns. I think people are afraid of clowns, which might make you not want to fight the clown as opposed to fighting the mime with brass knuckles. But the mime's got brass knuckles. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. I I'm don't gonna, know. I'm going to go with the mime because if I start winning, it's not like the mime can cut out, call out for help. Oh, I could. They probably do like their fake rope thing, like the lasso in some other mimes. 
I'm actually doing the hand motions right now because people can see me. They're lassoing other mimes and they'll slowly, silently start coming in. Clowns, I mean, clowns probably have 35 people waiting for them in a tiny car ready to come out. Also, right. you don't know what a clown is. I'm the clown. I don't know why I picked clowns. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're both really scary. You ever see um, uh, clowns from outer space? What's the killer clowns from outer space? I can't believe I'm gonna say yes here, but yes, I did watch that movie. I was looking for a really, I was looking for a scary movie to watch, like babysitting my niece, my teenage niece, a couple years ago, and that's what we settled on. It's actually, like, it's a bad movie, but it's like a good bad movie. Nope, not good, just bad, just Whoa, a bad movie. You mean the popcorns, like making guys in cocoons? Popcorns doesn't doesn't do it for I don't you. Remember. I don't remember anything about it. It was terrible. Don't watch Netflix scary movies. I guess we could end that there. Joe, my question for you. What's the worst purchase you've ever made in your life? Whoa. Uh, the worst purchase I ever made in my life. Uh, I probably have a bunch underneath me. Uh, you answer why I think about it. I don't really have a good one here. There's got to be some... Um, uh, I bought a Nintendo, I think, and I don't think I played it more than five times. That's a pretty bad purchase. Uh, I'm not going to say college here because we want the young kids to go to school. Uh, worst purchase of my life. I don't know. I buy my wife a lot of food that she doesn't eat. <laughs> so you buy food for yourself? No, no, it doesn't get eaten. It's like, oh, well, I ate my own food and now I can't eat this other meal that I bought for you. Like, you have ever go out to dinner or like bring food home and your wife's like yeah give me a salad too and it's like oh you didn't touch the eight dollar salad that i just bought you and it's no no not relatable for anybody else cool um <laughs> thinking man there's definitely been cds that i bought that like back in the day that i listened to like once probably dvds Ooh. i never watched you know what actually i have an answer here it's not going to be one specific item i buy clothes all the time that are just like slightly too tight on me and i'm like you know what i Wait to fit into this shirt. I probably have, no joke, at least 10 to 15 shirts that I've never worn because those are the shirts that I'm like, I'm going to lose weight so I can wear these shirts. Yes. It hasn't happened. I can relate to that one because my wife will be like, hey, you want me to close away? You don't fit anywhere. I'm like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm working myself back into it. And uh, <laughs> I, have a ton, I have a ton of those shirts. Um, I think she's starting to secretly throw those away. Um, you, were, you inspired me earlier with that purchase. I bought a Wii when they first came out. And uh, it has never been played. I don't know if we still have it never, either. Not once. No. I, I, not set, once. I set it up. I made sure everything worked. So I guess I played it technically. I played like the tennis and the bowling or something. Um, and then I gave it to my family. Like my, my daughter. My, I only have one daughter at the time, I think. And my wife. And uh, I don't think I, it's never been played. At least to my knowledge. I've never played it since. <laughs> and I'm not even sure we still have it. Wow. Terrible. Don't buy video game systems if you're not going to play them. Jeez, Joe. Well, I did it because they said it was like good for the whole family. And I thought, I was like, ooh, a family present. And then, like, my wife doesn't like video <laughs> games, and my daughter was probably, like, two. You know what I mean? Yeah, two is too young for Wii. Wii's a lot of fun, though. I really enjoy Wii. That's, like, the closest I've ever come to, to golfing, so. you never gone golfing before? No, I've never gone golfing. Captain and crew, I've baby. Done, I've done one pitch and putt. And that's like the closest I could say I've come to golfing. It was a par three because I think all pitch and putts are probably par three. <laughs> I, I had a good time. I was yeah, because you don't start. You're not starting off the driver. Yeah, you're just starting off. You know, a, a few yards off the up the green. Oh, road. We're still using drivers. Are you kidding? We're not. I'm not a golfer. It's not like I'm going to hit a ball 500 yards on accident. You know, it's just 
Anyway, one day, one day soon, actually, one day soon, I will get into golfing. Golfing? Just start taking the sign here. Nope. Instead, I will. No, nope, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'll bid you farewell because that is the end of our show. We both have busy days ahead of us and light sports days, so you guys get a treat, a half hour show. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, Payments Hoops. Catch my basketball writing at fanragsports.com. Joseph. Tell the good people where they can find you. You can also find me on Twitter, but at a different handle, at Joseph Nardone, N-E-R-D-O-N-E. And it's good that you clarified that, because I wouldn't want them searching my Twitter. For, <laughs> for me. Well, they could also find me by searching you. they just be more work, as opposed to just typing in J-O-S-E-P-H-N-E-R-D-O-N-E. It would be more work. Woo woo. Woo woo. All around me are familiar websites, worn out clickbait, worn out hot takes, bright and early for the daily link dumps, no one's clicking, no one's clicking, their pupils are filling up their pockets, but not for writers. Not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow. No tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The internet, in which I'm worthless, is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you. I find it too hot to take When people blog in circles It's a very, very Mad world 